Welcome to the Volley Pod, where we're all about coaching kids volleyball. With drills, skills, and scenarios, we keep things fast, fun, and effective. Presented by the Art of Coaching Volleyball, the Volley Pod is your new source for coaching information. Good morning, and welcome to the Volley Pod. How are you today, Todd? Davis, it's all good with me. How about you? Give me the give me the the dad update. Oh man, no sleep. Beautiful baby. <laughs> happy wife. Happy life. All right. <laughs> Short poem about my life right now. <laughs> right. No, it's everything's going great. Everything's okay. going wonderfully. I'm I'm absolutely thrilled, and uh, yeah, life is good. Good, good so, to hear. Absolutely. And you got tryouts coming up. Yeah, it's gonna be here. Before we know, I'm trying to get all my notes that I have of all the stuff that I said. Hey, we got to make, we got to get better. And I have all these random notes. So my job in the next couple of weeks is trying to get all that stuff organized into something that can be uh, useful. Right now, are you, uh, I know you're a planner, but how flexible is that plan? Oh, it's very flexible. I mean, I, I have a pretty good idea of the personnel. So I have ideas and then we'll get in the gym and we'll experiment and we'll say, hey, let's try this, this and this. And what it's looks fun. the best and that's what's fun that's it's the so mad fun. scientist stuff yeah. that keeps me keeps me at it after doing it for a few years i love that stuff i love that time of year yep so today we got the skill that is i really love i was gonna say near and dear to my heart but i said that three times on the last pod so i'm gonna say this is one of my favorite skills and if anyone knows me from when i was in high school they know this is true the setter dump the setter dump we're getting into that this year davis we okay. have because we're going to be offensively challenged. So okay. we're telling our returning setter, hey, you got to get aggressive. Yep. You got we have to what what I what I'm calling now get into the other team's practice. Oh. Okay. So the other team is saying, "Hey, we're playing we're playing bishops. We got to prepare for the setter ah. dump." So I want to get into the other team's practice in as many ways as possible. That's so cool. <laughs> I love the way you frame that because one, one of the things I'm going to start with is I really believe in an offensive minded setter, whether you're tall, short, whatever, you don't have to be super tall to be an offensive minded setter. That's good because our setter isn't super tall. Yeah. And you know, I was six, four left-handed setter and I could do some things at the net and obviously it made sense for me to attack, but I think the more important than being physical is being sneaky and having the right volleyball IQ. And we're going to talk about this. All right. Well, I, I have to learn. This is per great timing. Okay. So perfect. So the, the, one of the first things you want to do uh, when you're setting up the setter dump is basically try to look the same. One of the things that makes simple sense is it's not a spike. So it's essentially easier to dig if they're there, right? No heat, right? For the most part. And um, it, you have to do it at the right time. Now, what's the right time? The quote unquote right time is a sneak attack. It always has to be a sneak attack. There, There is no time, I think, when you should just go try to overwhelm the blocker. That is okay. So you weren't at a, I mean, I'm looking at, you know, when you tell me you're a six, four male, I'm saying, oh, he's taking anything tight and just unloading on it. 
even then I it would. But the, that's not how you scored. Absolutely. You, okay, I, so I, that's what that's important. That's for how me. I got blocked a lot, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, learned my lesson. But even then, like you see guys like Josh Tuaniga, who's a really offensive minded lefty setter. The pocket has to move, and you kind of have to do it as a little the sneak attack. The pocket moves. I yes. like that. So that's when you know the pass the is slightly less than perfect, right? And so uh, one of the first things you want to do is look the same. So. If the pocket moves left and you look the same, the pocket moves right, you look the same, they're not gonna expect the dump as often. So you wanna have the same footwork. I really like setters who max jump when they're jump setting. I think then the ball can get to the floor easier if you do turn and dump. Um, I know a lot of coaches aren't huge on that, but that's one of the things I'm big on. I'm not necessarily, um, however, big on reaching really, really high to take the ball. I still want them probably, you know, I don't know, second story, if you okay, want to call it yeah. that, right on their forehead, but still with a big jump, right? And so trying to take a max jump all the time, look the same every time. So when you talk about looking the same, do you, is there a focus on that? Because I have a focus. There's one thing that I think the, the most important cue for me, if I'm defending the setter dump. Where are you going with this? Just tell me what you got. So I'm saying when you look the same is your right hand uh, stays in position I like as long okay. as possible. I like because that. the longer you can keep your right hand up, the more you disguise the dump. So the, the earlier you pull that right hand down, yeah. the more a kid like our Sid is going to yeah. gobble that thing because she's going to read that cue. I think that's so can you one. keep that because that right hand blocks the vision of the defender. I like that. Interesting. I like that last part about blocking the vision of the defender. I like that a lot. I mean, I think that's definitely, you know, key where you take the ball. And what I would also add to that, a big thing is, can they take it in their midline from left to right? If they take it on their left side, if they're square left to the outside hitter, they can be easily called for throws. It, it's much yep. more, um, easy to read, et cetera. So if they can let the ball either get to their midline or even slightly past. Yeah, I think it's slightly past even yep. is to get it there. It's yep. said the ball has right a momentum eye. to get there and it goes yep. like right eye and that's the one difference. So yep. and it's hard to read that. You can't really read that. It's so subtle if you're a defender. Absolutely. You have to be pretty good to read that. Yeah, so I mean, and so I, I would say all of those things go into the, the last, uh, go into it. And then also waiting to the last second, you mentioned this, and I think you mentioned it with the right hand, but you, you see sometimes people do this big wind up, you know, that was me when I got roofed, you know, big wind up trying to, you know, do something different. Cause now I'm dumping. You want to basically go up, up and hold, 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 and then dump. And I, I love that trying to look the same, uh, till the end. And then one other thing I would add to this is this idea of the well, right? You go to the, to the well to get the water. <laughs> if you go to get too much water, the well will run dry. And I think this is true for dumps, especially when you're not using power, right? If you're using the same type of dump too often, the well is going to run dry. It's just, it's just teams read, teams adjust. Yep. So give me your, take me through, do you have a little toolbox of your favorites? Absolutely. So my First one, and I think the one I like to teach everyone is the lefty throwdown, right? So it's where both hands go up, 
your right hand basically stays where it's at and you just reach and your left hand throws it down probably to zone three, maybe a little bit deeper than zone okay. three. So I love that one. That one's first, the lefty throw down. Then on the one that's very tight, the righty throw down forward and the righty flip back. Yeah. I love both of those. Um, and I'm finding uh the righty back dump to be, you know, used more often. So people are, are using that, which is awesome. But I also find the liberos kind of picking that up a little bit. What I'm liking more now, which is open a lot, is the high five, where you let the ball go by you and you either turn and throw it up above the left uh, back defender with your right hand or with your left hand kind of on the uh, you know backside of the ball, throwing it high to zone five, or even kind of turning and setting it over that left, uh, left back defender, the high five. And then the turn and burn. This is where you go up and you can hit lefty or righty. You know, you just have to spin around. Um, Ina used to do this yeah, really well. Yeah. And what I like about it, she used to counter it with a, she would go like she was gonna hit. And then, and then she could set, set it, yeah. And so, yeah, there's advantages to an offensive-minded setter, yep. right? So um, the one thing I would say is like, if you can dump to with variety, um, even if it doesn't score. Well, first of all, our, our setter dumps typically have a, one of the highest efficiencies. Right, and so why wouldn't you if it has a high efficiency? Absolutely, and then um, if they're smart about it and the well is not open there, it's probably open somewhere else. You can get the water somewhere else, right? And then um, even if they dig it, and this is the thing I constantly try to tell my setters, and I don't want them dumping easily, obviously, but even if they dig it, like you said, you force them to focus on you and then maybe be a little bunched in and then maybe pulled a little bit out of position. Well, if, if you're, you're going fast things. to the left and the, you know, our left, you know, you, you're teaching your team about tactics and you're saying, listen, if we dump and the libero is sitting at seven feet off the net and picking that up easily, then we should be able to hit that high five shot. Yep. And it's going to be real tough for her to get that on a go set. Absolutely. So it's tough to do both of those things. So it's okay that, hey, okay, we tested her. She's way in. Yep. So, hey, the deep dump might work. But, hey, just, just setting your lefts and letting them go to work in that deep corner. Absolutely. And then the final one I'd add to that, I just got so excited I clapped. The floor dump. Yeah. Oh, the floor dump. <laughs> the floor dump. It works so well. I mean, I had a five six five five setter, Maggie Wolf, who, who led our team in hitting efficiency in the 6-2 just you know, yeah. setting it over. Yep. You just do it at the right time. So yep. I love the setter dump. It's really fun. And I think especially for young kids, it can be something really fun to introduce and actually give them a ton of success early on too. I love so. it. Cool. So what's the scenario? Scenario. What's the scenario of the day? This one we titled Surviving and Thriving with an Irrational Parent. Okay. Okay. And I, I was talking to a coaching buddy of mine over the weekend, and that's why this, this came up. And I asked about his season, and he had a very successful season from the outside. He said, oh, oh your team was successful. They were in the you know, section playoffs, state playoffs, bunch of talented players. And he said, oh, it was just tough. He's had a parent who made it really tough. And I said, oh, well, tell me the story. And he said, okay, well, this, this is a new coaching job for this coach. And the parents of one of his best players split up. And the mother, I think, had been the kind of volleyball parent and been kind of, you know, 
you know, the, the main contact for all the volleyball related activities for the, for the player. Okay. But now the mother was less involved and all of a sudden the dad stepped in and became that parent. So everything kind of shifted. Okay. Uh, and this coach didn't really know about all this in the past because this coach was new. Right. Okay. Uh, anyway, this was a talented team. They had like four division one players wow. and this player was uh, underclassmen and was asked to play middle when I think in club she plays left, but okay. because they have, uh, you know, great. Just and so team. of course, yeah. uh, players not getting set as much as the parent wants and the setter and this uh, one are best friends. And so the parent framed that this was a form of bullying. Oh, wow that they're bullying my daughter. They're not setting her, they're icing her out. Uh, and so it became this big, all of a sudden we get into some hot topics of bullying, right? Uh, because yeah. you're not setting my daughter. Wow. Just wow. So I have some thoughts, but that's, that's interesting. Um, okay. Okay. I, and, and I, I, let me say this first. I think that scenario is, similar to other scenarios that we've had with parents, but maybe not the exact same. Yeah, no, I mean, hey, this yeah. isn't, that's why I'm, well, that's like why we have scenarios. So yeah. we can look at real life stuff. And, yeah. and then the the third part of this is the, they had a meeting and the coach sat down and said, well, hey, it's just, you know, middles don't get set as much. That was, well, we talked about it in the last pod yeah. where we said, hey, we want to get the ball to the middle and, you know, we got to control the ball better. We had to pass better. And so then, the parents started going off on the libero. Oh no. <laughs> and so there was all this kind of negative talk against, you know, this libero who wasn't good enough because she couldn't pass well enough to so the they the could ball. get right. the middle of the ball. So wow. it became, there were uh, some different fronts uh, that the coach had to deal with, with this irrational parent. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. As usual, many different fronts. Of you know, course, yeah. Man, crazy. Okay, so what did this? Well, what do you got for us? What's some thoughts? Well, about? I think I have a bunch of thoughts about uh, yeah. this, and I think number one, uh, we talked about this with the cuts a little bit, but I, I think it begins with empathy and empathy for the parent. And that's not what we usually hear when coaches get together and maybe have a beverage and start talking about crazy parents. It's oh, you think you have a crazy parent? This parent was this crazy, and so we we get into this. Can you top this kind of thing? And and I don't know if that's too healthy. It's fun sometimes, but I don't know if it's too healthy. Uh, so I think empathy. It's tough being a volleyball parent right now. It's not easy. You know, these kids are playing. We're talking about playing so much and they're giving them so much time. It's so expensive mm -hmm. and it's, it's tough to be a volleyball parent. So I think part of that, starting with this idea of, of empathy for that role, because it's not easy. That's a great if, point. Secondly, I think in my situation as a high school coach, uh, if I know of something, I let the administration know early. I don't want them, I don't want to surprise them and say, hey, I've heard some things about this parent. I don't know. I haven't really met the parent, but I'm concerned because I've heard some rumblings here. Okay. And so then when you, if you go to the administrator later, they're not saying, oh, well, wait a minute. Why, how did this, you've already tipped them off. Uh, That's a good point. And then, uh, 
having clear goals going into it as a coach. Am I going to make a parent rational who's irrational? And, and no, I'm not going to change this parent. I'm not going to give that parent a lobotomy. What's my goal going in? Well, my goal is I want to make sure that this parent doesn't ruin the season for me or the players. Absolutely. Because I've had seasons where parents have had an impact, a negative effect on our team. And on me, and it's affected the way I coach kids. So it hasn't been healthy. And so that's my number one goal. My number one goal isn't to change them and go, oh, well, you have to get on the bus and you have to do all this. No, we just have to make sure that they don't negatively impact the kids and negatively impact me. I have to say, hey, this person is a little bit different. It's not going to be easy, but I can't take that into the gym when I deal with whether it be the daughter or the team, it, you know, I have to go in and still love to coach and I can't let that affect me. I think that's a really good point on a bunch of fronts. But, yeah. Uh, I think the, the big point I think that you mentioned there is the coach has to still be able to be really functional. And if it's taking away from the coach, it's taking away from the team yep. and you got to address it. The other thing I, I would mention when you go back to mentioning it to the admin is probably have a paper trail. You know what I mean? Something yeah, like yeah, but I think even before that, the yeah, next thing we're true. talking about is parent meetings. So okay. there has to be some kind of meeting where you say, hey, this is who we are. And okay. if your values focused, if you go, hey, this or values focused, uh, then, hey, these are our values, whatever those are. And so, they, hey, these are the most important things. Okay. Secondly, uh, there's some little stuff as far as the protocol with how we communicate. And so I'm okay. always telling the players, listen, it's the player's responsibility to communicate with me when there are conflicts. It's not the parent, your parent isn't your manager, and I'll tell the parents that. It's, it's important for the players to learn how to communicate with the coach, because when Sid goes off to college, she should be comfortable going to the coach and saying, hey, I have a conflict with this class that I have, or I have a conflict here with my health or whatever. They should have those conversations that might not be easy, and the parent can easily go, oh, well, it's, you know, yeah, she's scared to talk to Todd because, you know, he has a big personality. He's been coaching a long time. And I hear that all the time. But it's important for me to have that open door and say, when they come to me, hey, the first thing is, it's great you came to me. Right. And reinforce that. So we have the at protocol that the communication lines go from player to coach. Okay. If there's an issue, then it can go to the parent, but not before. Okay. So some of that. Next thing uh, is sacrifice. The part of being on a team is, is sacrificing. And if you play tennis or golf, you don't have to make a sacrifice because it's an individual sport. And so we're going to ask your daughter to make sacrifices and they're not going to be the same. And, you know, for our O one top attacker, we're going to say, hey, we're going to set you at, you know, match point and everybody knows we're going to set you and you have to you have to score and if you don't it's going to be kind of on your shoulders and, and that's not an easy thing it's not the equal thing but that's part of being the the top attacker is having that responsibility for other people it might be hey you're going to have to sacrifice playing time you're going to have to sacrifice and play a different position that's part of being on a team and that's part of having that idea of teamness and getting together is having to sacrifice that's cool 
And then scenarios for parents in a parent meeting, painting clear scenarios. Like, listen, your daughter's going to be on the bench. She's not going to play because this happens. And then the next day you're going to want to, or that day after the game, you're going to run up to me. And I'm going to say, we have 24 hour rule or whatever your rules are, or I don't talk to you. I need to talk to your daughter first. And after we have a conversation and if she's not happy, I'm happy to bring you into the conversation after that's what's going to happen. And so then when it happens, it's like, wait, we talked about this at the parent meeting. Remember, remember the scenario? I can't talk to you right now. Sorry. Right. And and keeping it like you're keeping it light. You know, you're enforcing it, but you're keeping it light. Right. You don't have to be, you don't have to, you don't need to nail them for trying to talk to you. You just, you remind them. Um, Cause sometimes I think they just want to jump in. (laughs) Oh, of course. Yeah. So good point. And then the next two are, are big for me. And that maybe it's a little bit different. You have team parents and the team parents are always great at, you know, doing the organization and snacks and things. And it's wonderful. But for me, the primary role of a, of a team parent is making sure that every parent is on the bus and that we don't, their job is to let me know if parents are doing something that can have a negative impact on the team. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. And I tell people that and I go, Hey, you can't be a team parent if you can't do that. And so then if you're a parent and you're saying something negative about another player, you're going to get the tap on the shoulder going, Hey, it's not the way we do it here. We have a culture where we don't say negative things about kids who play. Wow. That's cool. So I have not heard of anyone doing that before, but I really like that idea. Well, it's, it's tough these days, Davis, because our parents have become fans. Yeah. And what is a fan? A fan is a fanatic. A fanatic. And so we've screwed things up and it's, it's not their fault, but we've given them T-shirts and they're wearing all of the gear and they're, they're treating it like a professional team. And so they get emotionally attached to winning and losing. And so all of a sudden now they can second guess the coach. And I tell them, hey, you can second guess me all you want. You just can't do it out loud because that hurts us. That's a good point. And if you do it in front of your daughter, that hurts us. Absolutely. So you can't do that because it hurts us. Right. It's real simple. You can't do anything that's going to hurt the team. And so that's part of the, the team parent. The, the, the next thing and, and last thing in that parent meeting is the idea that we can deal with one crazy parent, but we can't deal with a crazy parent running crazy parent clinics and getting all the other parents on their mm. side. That's a great point. Because then we have a big, then your season's ruined. So if that, if that parent is out, out of the group and is a single thing, we can deal with it. But if that parent's going, oh, well, oh, the coaches are doing this. Look at your daughter. She's not playing either. Right. You know, and if that parent's doing recruiting others, then we have big issues. So we can't have the crazy parent leading crazy parent clinics and <laughs> recruiting other parents there. I like the way you frame The crazy parent clinics, yeah. yeah. In fact, you, you actually have the sane parent leading sane parent clinics with your teen parent. Right. 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 Awesome. That's what we want. We Teaching have to have culture. that has to be the culture. So cool. And then a couple other things, uh, maintaining strong communication with the player and that idea of empathy is, hey, it's tough for this player uh, to because, hey, they, you know, the, the player loves her parent and lives with her parents. Yeah. And I have to respect that with the player. The player is in a difficult situation. I have to make sure that our communication is super strong. And I have to, you know, Karch has that, that phrase that he is asking now, what can I do to coach you better? And if I have that conversation going on a lot with that player, it's tough for that player to jump on that parent's bandwagon that, hey, the coach is screwing me over. 
That's a good right? point. Yeah. So once again, that's on my on me to say, hey, I have to because this kid has a crazy parent. I have to do a better job of coaching this player. I have to give this player more empathy. Some other coaches might go, no, I'm 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 treating her no differently. No, I am. Right. I'm treating her different. Going, wait a minute, this kid is in a tougher situation. I can't coach everybody the same. I have to do more work in the situation. It's a really interesting point. Have and you ever had a parent that has crossed that line repeatedly? Yeah, I mean, we've we've had parents cross. Well, well I, I guess the better question is, what do you do if that parent crosses that line repeatedly? Well, we're all, and then, you know, it goes to the AD and goes okay. to that, and it's done it. And it's never been comfortable. It's never been great, but I've, I've tried to keep that separate from the team. And that's, I guess, my only thing with that is to keep it separate. And that really leads to the last thing, and that is the challenge for us as coaches. Uh it's a challenge. Hey, it's easy to coach the great kids with great parents, right? And it's the, it's easy. The, if you're a good coach, the, your challenge is when you have a difficult parent, can you coach in that situation? So as a coach, I need to combine empathy, firmness, and confidence because it's going to take some firmness and confidence to deal with, with, with this situation, consistency, and finally some humor. It's like, hey, it's crazy <laughs> stuff that we're doing. It's some crazy shit and we just got to kind of figure out a way to deal with it. Yeah. And then, you know, we make it work and that's really uh that's really it. That's cool. Man, that's a great take and it's a really uh it's a really interesting topic. So I, I really like your take yeah. on that. So very very interesting. Let's How about the what do you have as far as the videos? What'd you find? So, so let's go Setter to the videos. Setter Setter dump. I actually have two of my favorite people on the first one. Jed Stotzenberg, who, okay. who's the coach at Pacific Ridge down here in San Diego and also an a excellent uh, boys coach at Wave, and uh, Krishna Saoto, right? She, she was his setter there, and they go through a bunch of different types of dumps. I thought it was really cool. And she's not a big kid. No, she's not, but she's, she's athletic, athletic and big very uh, and smart, big arm, too. Yep, yep, yep. And, and intelligent. IQ, yep. So she would do the back set dump. You know, yep. she would get creative. And no, I really we played that. against her. We were always, she was in our practice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she got in our practice. Absolutely. Big jumps serve, you know, so yep. it was fun. Uh, next one is John Dunning, just really kind of giving tips for that lefty throwdown dump um, and that, and that, uh, lifting and then throwing it down to some real fundamental stuff on that and then i really like this last one uh mark barnard with a men's player doing a bunch of different dumps uh that are really creative and i, I really like adding that one too cool all right yeah. you got a little variety pack there yeah, i love absolutely. it i love it absolutely it's really cool so check those videos out those will be unlocked on the art of coaching what is our resource our of the resource week? is hey our, our pod competitor, oh, oh. pod competitor, coach your brains out. <laughs> They're cool. They do a great job. No, they do a great job. Yeah. And so, and I've got to know a couple of those guys, which has been fun. So That's John cool. Mayer and Billy Allen, and then the Stanford's coach, I guess, Andrew Fuller. Okay. And they have four guys there and they, they do a great job and they do a bunch of stuff with, uh, kind of cutting edge sports science. And yes. so a bunch of psychology, mm -hmm. uh, biomechanics, motor learning, yes. uh, you know, the one thing I really like about those guys is they there's this, you know, they have this curiosity yes. that really permeates through their pod that I really like. And they have the, they have a book as well. Mm -hmm. And our own, uh, you know, the uh, uh, the Art of Coaching Volleyball's founder, Russ Rose, was on there a couple of weeks ago. Okay. And Russ is, is amusing as ever. Absolutely. So there are a bunch of good episodes. So if you haven't checked out uh, Coach Your Brains Out, do so. 
Absolutely. And they're four guys that really enjoy each other too. Yep. Yep. They have good, good rapport and they're into it and they're all into a little different thing because they have a high school coach there and then uh, a couple college beach coaches and, uh, and they're trying this stuff that they talk about on the pod yeah, on their yeah, own yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah. kind of like what we're doing. So really fun. Cool. What a great pod short and sweet, but we got a lot done. We talked about the setter dump sort of a lot of tactics on that and some um, theory. Then we went into, how did you frame it about irrational parents? So it was, the title was surviving and thriving like with an irrational Thriving parent. with an irrational parent. <laughs> I love that. And then we, of course, those videos will be unlocked on the Art of Coaching Volleyball's website. So go check it out. And we talked about the resource, Coach Your Brains Out, another podcast that does a really good job. If you're in the podcast space, be sure to check it out. And good stuff, Davis. Great stuff. Another great pod. We'll see you next Thanks. week. All right. Bye-bye. Have a good one.